Welcome to this special bonus episode of CBL Speaks. Throughout this season, we've asked our interviewees to share their thoughts about today's important topics. In this episode, our CBOs share their go-to resources. Uh, obviously, Nakubo and Sakubo, but I find one of my greatest resources uh, is to be one of uh, my other business officers. Uh, the individuals I've met along the journey. Higher Ed's been here a long time, and it'll be along here a long time after we've gone. You don't have to recreate the wheel for every decision. Many people have already done it for you. And I think uh, sharing of those ideas, getting a couple of ideas from others, then can create even a better product. You know, as far as resources that have uh, that I have used throughout my career, um, Nakubo, um, Sakubo, and then for those of us in Texas, Taskubo, um, I think just connecting with those colleagues who are having some of the same challenges, um, my colleagues in the Texas A&M system um, and the ability to interact with them has just been invaluable to me. And then just learn from everywhere, uh, whether that's reading literature that's out, um, you know, business books, and then how do those apply to higher education um, or uh, or higher education uh, literature, just finding places that you can read and learn and being a lifelong learner. Yeah, I would just say Nakubo is a fantastic resource, but also reaching out to fellow CBOs. You know, just this month, I've reached out to several and said, hey, I saw you were doing this. You have an equity framework for your budget. I'd love to talk to you about that. I'd love to see what that looks like in practice. So making sure that you're you're reaching across to your fellow colleagues is a huge resource. So there are a couple of resources that I've used um, pretty heavily during my first two and a half years as a CBO. The first book is called The College Stress Test, um, and it was a lifesaver for me during the pandemic because it provided a framework for evaluating the financial health of my institution and enabled me to develop a mechanism to monitor our financial landscape as our major revenue drivers fluctuated. So it was a really great book um, that I leaned upon. The next book that, um, I, that I actually enjoyed is Dr. Spencer Stewart's book called who Moved My Cheese? Um, and it's really a book to help manage the change. Um, and I think particularly in these times, it, it can be extremely helpful. And we used it as a team. We read um, the book as we were undergoing significant leadership transition at my prior institution. And I, I found it extremely valuable. And the last two resources are the CFO Guidebook by Stephen Bragg and a book called University Finances by Dean Smith. And both of these books were really helpful resources for me as a first-time CBO um, to really reference as I was making critical decisions, as a gut check to make sure that I was considering all the right things and really thinking through um, the process in the right way. So th those are the resources that I've, I've relied heavily on. The resources I recommend are all of the professional organizations that we know and love. Uh, Nakubo, of course, uh, being one of those, but um, I would also say any of those organizations at the state, uh, regional, um, and national level, um, you know, that support um, us and our peers. 
you know, we need to support those groups, but we need to get involved and engaged in those groups because um, nothing can compare to the resources uh, that you can um, garner from just engaging with your peers. Oh, my goodness. Uh, Howard Teibel is really good. So I would go to the Howard Teibel uh, website and his his podcasts, which I've been on a few times, uh, as well as um, some of his videos. Absolutely fantastic. Uh, Paul Friga, who does a lot of work with strategy. Uh, he uh, works at UC, UNC Chapel Hill. Um, really good stuff. He has also done some teaching for Wakubo. Allison Ballancourt, organizational politics. She works for Siegel Associates now. Uh, she work, She writes a lot uh, in LinkedIn as well as for the Chronicle. Well, Nakubo, of course, <laughs> has lots of resources <laughs> that I would I go to frequently. Um, but it just depends on what you're interested in. You know, any of the organizations are going to have resources. Aishi, the sustainability and uh, higher ed one is really great. Uh, NCCI, so uh, change and continuous improvement in higher ed has some great resources. Uh, but I read everything every day. So I mean, skim. I must admit, but the Chronicle, Inside Higher Ed, Higher Ed Dive, University Business, you know, all of those, like Wall Street Journal headlines, uh, New York Times headlines, you got to stay up. Otherwise, you're not going to have the big picture. I'm a bit of a, I will say, a uh, frustrated academician. I'm a big military history person. And one of the things I've done throughout my life is reading books about leadership and how leaders have been successful or haven't been successful. And then applying that to my life of making sure you take care of the people around you or make sure the troops are fed first. And then making sure that you don't lose that focus on the mission. What is our job here? And that is for our students. And so that's one thing I've really enjoyed is using the different type of uh, books about uh, leadership, military leadership to learn about uh, how it applies to my job. That's a great question. So uh, we're, we're talking about uh, Ron Nakubo right now. Nakubo is an incredible uh, resource for myself, my peers, my staff. Uh, it, it sort of unifies the, the craft the, the uh, jobs we all do. It brings together incredible speakers, uh, partners. And so that's really a go-to source for me, for my team, and it has for years. Uh, just different publications that focus on higher education. And there's there are hundreds of them. People think about the Chronicle or Inside Higher Ed, those kinds of things. But then there's some very uh, specific uh, areas if we have um, issues with compliance. Well, we have to kind of dive into the areas in compliance. And I'm not going to name all of the ones, but there are different pieces. Uh, things dealing with... Um, uh, different rules and regs uh, at the IRS. I mean, there are resources there to go to. Uh, the other one is just simply experts for when it comes to team building and culture building, your internal resources like HR. Those kinds of things have been uh, instrumental. Uh, but there are so many resources, and now more than ever, so it's almost getting difficult to pinpoint. And I find myself sort of going back to the core ones that I've used for years because they really are tried, uh, proven and tried true, like like the Google example. But also all of us have journals that publish research uh, that we, we use and can go to in terms of you know, business journals or uh, higher ed journals and so forth. So those are also tools I've used and have you know, used to continue to use. If I could throw maybe one other plug out there, I would say, you know, one way that's 
I think I've upped my communication game uh, is through Toastmasters International. So I remember being in, in uh, the corporate world, I was in there maybe five years, had the opportunity to do a few presentations, and boy, I struggled and they were not good. And I thought to myself, you need to do something about this. And so what I did was I went to a local community college who was offering a speech class, and I realized I'm not going to become an expert in uh, you know 15 weeks, but I figured, let me start somewhere. So I went there, and actually, at the end of the class, uh, the person who taught it was uh, a Toastmasters member. And he said, if you're interested in this, come to a Toastmasters meeting. And I've been a Toastmasters member since 1996. And so I would say to people, go to a Toastmasters meeting. You owe it to yourself just to check it out. Maybe it's not for you, but maybe it is. But if anything is kind of springboard in my career or given me opportunity that I may not have had, I credit a lot of that to Toastmasters. So if I'm giving any advice, it's take one, you know, go to one Toastmasters meeting and check that out. I think from a maybe a resource perspective, some of the things that we've instituted here at my university were best practices from actually the for-profit business world. So such as um, you know, monthly budgeting, um, zero-based budgeting, uh, solid close of the books monthly um, as opposed to quarterly. And I think that discipline has helped us a lot to be much more efficient and effective. So my recommendation would be to make sure that we're all um, looking at resources, maybe including outside of traditional higher education um, to help employ best practices. There are multiple types of resources to bear in mind. Money's always first, and we always talk about it. And our job is to be the best steward, fiduciary of those resources. But the other one is people. And the greatest resource isn't the dollars, it's the people. We are obligated as leaders to ensure that we're always thinking about the greatest resource we have. I'm a big fan of podcasts. Uh, I love Tim Ferriss, Brene Brown, Peter Atia, Huberman, um, and I often get uh, recommendations for books from podcasts. And I think the book that has made the most impact in the last year for me is a book called The Gap and the Gain by Dan Sullivan and Dr. Benjamin Hardy. The premise is that we as humans uh, set often set goals for ourselves that are set based on an external ideal. So that might be a score we want to achieve on a test, a salary that we want, a job that we want, a weight that we want to achieve. And we measure ourselves against that that external ideal. And we often feel cruddy when our accomplishments don't meet that ideal and we see a gap. There are rare people who look at their accomplishments and where they started and they measure the gain from where they started to their accomplishments and they feel great because they see the gain. So the the book really walks through how to retrain our brains to focus on the gain. And it it's not just about uh, professional life. It talks about family and relationship with friends and each uh, chapter has exercises to, to walk through to really try to um, infuse this, uh, this premise in our brains and ask us to have accountability partners so that I can say, um, or someone can say to me, hey, Lisa, you're, you're in the gap right now uh, and, and help me you know, get back into the game. Um, I highly recommend that, that people take a chance to, to read that book. 
my resource corner started out as a three ring binder with um, sticky notes and, and things that I printed out on my first day in a bank as a loan accountant. I had to write debit makes a loan bigger, credit makes a loan smaller. That was my resource book. Um, nowadays, it's much more of links and tabs and readings and who can I call on certain topics. Um, and these days, it's our networks. We know who our go-to people are on certain topics. We know who the professionals are that we call on a on a service basis. But we also know who our professionals are that we can just call in a tight moment and say, hey, I need some advice or I've got a situation. How would you help me think about that? And having thought partners is probably the resource center we all rely on now more than anything. Today, we heard from Kelly Shoemaker, Lori Beatty, Chris Martin, Maisha Williams, Doug Schantz, Ruth Johnston, Glenn Nakata, William Nunez, Jim Mateo, Julie Gard, Jeff Chadas, Lisa Rulney, and Christopher Lee. You can find full episodes of CBO Speaks from all of these CBOs by visiting nakubo.org under Professional Development and then click Podcast or by subscribing to CBO Speaks and Apple Podcasts to get the latest episodes instantly. Mm-hmm.